it's coming out of my Fisher Price turntable. Yeah. So. I know. <laughs> Seriously, I have Mickey Mouse's finger on my record. <laughs> <Right>. Literally. <laughs> The needle I, is in Mickey Mouse's yes. finger. And I have like some pennies stacked on my needle. Did you do that to, <laughs> to weight it, it down? Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who kept on trucking, even when someone else stole their CB handle. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we will be saving the original Spotify playlist, KTEL Records. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. I have a record collection. It's not highbrow or exclusive. It's mostly things I remember from AM radio and the record department at Dayton's where I hung out while my mom shopped for towels. Sometimes I buy an album simply because the cover is outrageous, like Sonny Bono and his elfin haircut, or Bobby Gentry and her powder blue polyester pantsuit. I once bought a hula album simply because I liked the hot pink font on the word hula on the cover. I have no real goals with my collection, except one. I have to find as many KTEL records as I can. KTEL presents Blockbuster, a great new LP, 20 original hits, original stars, KC and the Sunshine Band. commercials you guys i loved those and how those just made me smile and made me want to go run to ecker drugs and buy one of those albums those albums the compilation of songs usually from a variety of artists mm-hmm. most often the latest and greatest of the time there were also thematic compilations that ktel put together like summer cruising and goofy greats I like to think of these albums much like I think of the appetizer sampler platter from Applebee's with 20 yes. plus tasty <laughs> melodic treats on Something board. for everyone. Totally. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Little like mini bites of Maybe all you of like these. the spicy jalapeno poppers, but I like maybe more just the kind of, you know, regular old fried mozzarella. But you guys, those commercials are just, I mean, in, when I was going back and listening to some mm-hmm. of those, I could have just started saying them. They were buried in my mind. Here comes the Hit Machine, one of KTEL's greatest albums ever. 20 original hits, original stars, Maxine Nightingale. you have the commercial itself memorized right they're the originator of the infomercial along with along with ronco with ronco was the maker of mr microphone remember that 
Hey, oh, babe, yeah. be back to pick you up later. But they're known as much for the commercials as they are for the actual albums themselves. And even if you didn't have the albums, you still knew all the names right. of them. You knew oh, yeah. Sound Explosion mm -hmm. and Full Tilt and Disco Fire. And hot Night Everything City Lights. Sounded, hot Night City Lights. Everything was like an emergency. The titles yeah. were meant to sound like an emergency. And you knew which songs were on each album because you heard them all in the commercial. Yes. In tiny four-second increments. And after five or six snippets, you'd hear that phrase that all of us know now, but wait, there's more. <laughs> and then another medley of songs would begin. New from KTEL Records, 22 explosive hits, 22 original stars, Gallery. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. The great Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, the Candyman can. Olivia Newton-John. not for you. Hamilton, Joe, Frank, and Reynolds. Don't for you big hit, Layla. Osmonds, Detroit Emeralds, Millie Jackson, Flash, April Wine, Charlotte's Pop Tops, Fortune. Here comes that rainy day feeling again. Joe Simon. You've got power in your kiss. Lobo. Hot Butters, Popcorn. And many more. Get KTEL's 22 explosive hits now. 22 original stars and one great stereo LP. Only $3.99. I don't have memories of owning Kato Records, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, like you guys do, but the commercials are burned in my brain. I watched, yeah. obviously, I watched a lot of TV, so I watched the commercials, and they, they, when I was watching them again, it's like we talk about a lot, something was unlocked in my brain. Like I hadn't yes. thought of KTEL commercials in years, and when I just started watching one, it was like I could <laughs> almost start saying the words with them. Where does that come from Isn't in our brain? is funny? Yeah. And I wonder how much the urgency had to do with it getting locked into your brain. Because it was so urgent. You had to get this album <laughs> now. Right. Call now. And if you were lucky, on the front of the album, you might have the little circles with the artist picture in mm, them. Sure. It was almost like the equivalent of Love Boat. When you're waiting to find out what picture is going to emerge in the porthole, oh, yes. who's it going to exactly. be? Mm -hmm. And I was always amazed when they would say, and there's more. And I'm, oh my gosh! How can there possibly be more? How can there be how more? Can there be all on one thing? This is amazing. <laughs> yes. Well, because uh, how uh, many how many songs were on a on a typical record album? Do maybe you mean what, a non KTEL one? A non KTEL. What it maybe a non KTEL would be anywhere from ten to fourteen. Yeah. Okay. So when these had twenty, that was like that was insane. That's a lot. A little fun fact is that they were often not the complete full song. Mm -hmm. Kind of like our Applebee sampler platter, which maybe gave us a little smaller tasting of of the um, jalapeno oh. poppers. Same with the songs. They were never longer than two minutes and 30 <gasps> seconds so that they could include as many as they did on the album. So if you actually went and purchased um, the Sticks album and listened to the song, you would feel like, oh, that's not exactly what I heard on the KTEL album. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. It's like a smash more on I was an album. right now years old when I learned mm -hmm. that. Fact, more Carolyn. bang for Thank your you. buck yes yeah. and you didn't have to spend that many bucks right either that was amazing 3.99 mm -hmm. fun fact too is what how they got to keep them so low priced they made the albums out of a very thin vinyl so it cost less for them to produce them Oh my gosh. And also because of that, the quality was never as good. So you weren't going to be buying the KTEL album for the sound quality of the songs because the grooves could not be as deep, mm -hmm. which affected the sound quality of the songs that were on there. So the thin vinyl 
kept the price down, but also kept the quality of the songs that is down. So as well. interesting. Which me, as a ten year old, I did not give a fig. About no, that. nobody did. Well, right. no. no, I would shouldn't say nobody did. A lot of people did, I'm sure. But the audio, the most of the people cared. that were buying right. them. But I didn't know how to define quality at that time. I'm like, it sounds good to me. I didn't know what people were talking about. I had no idea. Well, it's coming out of my Fisher-Price turntable. I know. (laughs) Seriously. I have Mickey Mouse's finger on my record. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) The needle is in Mickey Mouse's finger. And I have, like, some pennies stacked on my needle. Did you do that? To (laughs) To weight it it down. Like, down. To Uh weight it down. So, Mm -hmm. you're right. That little speaker um, did not produce the biggest uh, sound coming out of it. So, I don't think we missed the quality. I was just excited to have all of those songs in one place Mm -hmm. it's just um great well do you guys want to know a little bit about yes please our um our the history of ktel and how it came to be yeah well we have a canadian to thank for that his name is philip kivas and he was like the ultimate salesperson you guys listen to this he started well actually believe it or not he started being a salesman when he would shoot beaver pelt like beavers and Wait. sell their pelts way up in Canada. Well, was this in he the 1700s? This like as That's a kid. what are you talking about? <laughs> this would have been um, you know, 1940s, somewhere around that the 1930s, 1940s when he was a kid and started doing this, but realized he had a gift of salesmanship. And he decided to take that gift to the boardwalk in Atlantic City where he would hawk cookware. So that's where he kind of honed his hawking sales skills. He did that in the 50s. And then he thought, hmm, I'm kind of good at this. I think I'm going to go to the big city, NYC, approach Macy's, and maybe they'll let me try to sell some of this cookware in Macy's. Again, from beaver pelts to Macy's, he's, he's great at selling. Wow. Then he starts thinking, if I can sell to dozens of people here in Macy's, I could maybe sell to millions if I was on television. Mm-hmm. There so, we go. Here we go. Goes back to Canada, decides, okay, I'm going to do a five-minute live demonstration of this Teflon frying pan. Teflon was all new. He cooks a fried egg in there, and then it slides right out. People are amazed. (laughs) People want the Teflon frying pan. The KTEL company is born, and off to the races we go. First infomercial, by the way. We have Philip Kivas responsible for first infomercial. For the phrase as seen on TV, for the Vegomatic, for oh the Dialomatic. I love those that things. That is all. Because as seen on TV. It never yes. occurred to me that that didn't always, always exist. As seen on TV. I mean, there's a whole yes. as seen on TV section at Walgreens. I'm going to answer your question, Michelle. I heard you say, well, how did, was that K-Tel? Well, his last name is, begins with a K, and he's taking his... Um, skills to the television set, so we get K Tel. Oh my God! Okay. That is how oh, okay. K Tel was born. Kivas Television is what it stands for. Yes. Hmm. Okay. And he created that style of infomercial. He did with that. I wonder if he used that urgency, that patter, that style that he did in the commercial. If that's what he was using on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. I. I believe it probably was. Yeah, and I, I do don't too. know. You can he, see that almost, right? You mm-hmm. can, if, have either of you ever been to the boardwalk? Peddler? No, I haven't. Well, it's quite an experience. Kind of like almost a carnival barker. Like you're walking mm-hmm. by and it's like, come on over. You need to try this new frying pan. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could definitely see that. And that translates just into exactly what those um, infomercials were like. Yeah. So he was super successful with those. And then 
got the idea of what if we tried to do something with music. At this time, there was nothing like this compilation of different artists on one album. So they put their first one together. In 1966, it was called 25 Country Hits. And you guys, it sold out like that. Wow. Flew off the shelf. Well, off the shelves, off the TV. Off of your TV. It just was, yes, um, super hit. They were surprised as anybody and thought, let's do this again. Second album also flies off the shelves. 25 polka greats. <laughs> Fantastic. From K-Tel's second time. album was 25 polka hits? It was 25 polka hits, which oh sold God, actually 1.5 million copies <gasps> in the U.S. alone. In 1966. In 1966. Wow. They liked our polka. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're thinking we've got something going on here. How did they get like the rights to all these songs? You know, like he can't just, he can't just say, I have an idea for music. I'm going to take 25 songs and put two and a half minutes of them on here. Don't you have, isn't there a lot of like legal red tape he you did probably have, have to, to get, get through? They did have to get licensing rights. It was again, kind of a marketing tool for the uh, record companies as well. And oh, in sure. a lot of cases, since they weren't using the whole song, that was a benefit. Sure. Mm -hmm. Then Advertising. they also... Yeah. Convinced that convinced KTEL, okay, we'll give you Andy Gibb, but then you've got to also include another song by somebody else, maybe that wasn't as popular. Okay. So when you look through some of the lists sometimes, um, and we'll talk about that later, not everybody and not every song do you necessarily recognize on. You know, it's right. funny though. Mm -hmm. I always assumed that those songs that I didn't know, <laughs> I thought that was on me. Like somehow yeah, I was out too. of the loop. How did, mm -hmm. how have I not heard this song? It's clearly popular someplace. Just, I'm just not on top of it. I thought the same thing as well. So it was, it made me feel a little better when I read that mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, well maybe there was a reason that I hadn't heard of that song or that group or singer. Um, so yeah, so late sixties is when we start to um, get more of the kind of what we know uh, when we think of KTEL records of kind of the popular hits of the day. Um, and then of course the seventies is our sweet spot for those, um, incredible albums mm -hmm. of which Kristen owns many, and we'll hear about that. But what's here, what's really exciting you guys. So KTEL, I just told you they were headquartered in Canada, but they needed to have a U.S. presence and they opened their U.S. office in 1968, right in our backyard, <gasps> Minnetonka, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. It is right in our backyard. Mm -hmm. And there is a street that is still named KTEL Drive. There is Do not. People, yes, there is. Do people live on it? I want to know, is somebody's address KTEL Drive? Because I might have to sell my house. <laughs> I don't think it's a residential street, okay. Kristen, but that's a sweet thought. Um, I'm thinking I haven't found it. So that can be another road trip that we do, a little field trip that PCPS does. Yeah, I mean, seriously, KTEL Drive. I know. That is crazy. The OG right here. I know. In the land of 10,000 lakes. I do remember getting wind of KTEL warehouse sales when I was a kid. But of, of course, course, I have no driver's license, no money, no credit card. So I'm at a loss. I just hear, you know, it's like hearing that Prince is having a concert at Paisley Park and I can't get there. How many albums would they make, would they release each year? Do you know? Oh, okay. Well, we can cut that. I just am curious. When you said a warehouse sale, I was thinking, God, how many albums did they have? I know. It was a lot. And I really yeah. think, you know, when I just look at my own albums that are, you know, 
five of them from 1977. I mean, it had to be tons every single year. It's as if they were releasing one every three months well, how or many something. are there total? I believe, if I did my research right, um, there are 137 vinyl albums released by KTEL. Wow. 1989 being the last with the best of country rock. Okay. I did not buy so, that one. Um, <laughs> what is important to know now, however, is that Minnetonka is no longer their location. They had some financial troubles in the 80, late 80s, 90s bankruptcy, all that stuff. They've kind of reemerged, and now their presence in the United States is actually just a few towns over, very close to you, Michelle. Their office is in Plymouth, Minnesota now, mm. so they're not in the Minnetonka location. They're in Plymouth now. So they're not on KTEL Drive. That's kind of no. sad. So what are they doing if bad. they had their last... Well, their last vinyl album was 1989. They now, they've reinvented themselves a few times, but what they kind of have going for them is a I think it's called Kids, it's not Kids Bop, but it's a... Oh, God. Something yeah, It's like, like where that. kids are singing the popular hits of the day. I have a question, you guys. What do you yeah. think it is about KTEL Records that hit differently than other albums? Do you think it's just the fact that they're these kind of fun compilations? Or is it more than that? Like, why, why did you love them? Well, if you listen to our episode called A Day in the Life of a 1970s Fifth Grader, you know that I used to listen to American Top 40 and I would record the top 10 songs in a special notebook with a special purple pen. And I think that KTEL records were like my lists on vinyl. So mm -hmm. it's, a, um, it's a way of capturing something for me. Plus, it's like the precursor to the mixtape, right? When you're listening right, to the right. records, mm -hmm. I wrote that you down. can't yeah. make yeah. a mixtape. It's not possible. We needed KTEL to do that for us. We had to buy it. We had no avenue mm -hmm. for making a playlist of any kind. It didn't hurt that Andy Gibb was on almost all of them for a while because you can only buy, you can only buy Shadow Dancing one time. You're not going to buy two copies of Shadow Dancing. But I can buy lots of albums that have Shadow Dancing on it. buy everything that has Andy right. Gibb on it, right. but you can it's only buy so like many of his albums. Because it's just like when you make a Spotify playlist today, you put, I don't know about you guys, but I have like maybe one particular song is on mm -hmm. eight different playlists. So that was your, KTEL was your way of getting to listen to Shadow Dancing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of, you know, a bunch of times. And yeah. sort of like what Carolyn mentioned in the beginning, for me now... These albums are different from the albums in my other collection because they're like a, t a time capsule of a very particular moment in time because all of these songs were hits at a certain moment in time. They don't pull from a bunch of different time periods. It's a small sliver of time. So it's really like listening to the radio like the summer after third grade when my sister was born or the winter of fifth mm -hmm. grade when I moved to a new town or the Christmas of seventh grade when I first started junior high. So each record sounds exactly like those moments like the radio like you're listening to the radio it's like you're listening to the radio yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's also um like you're not listening to the radio because of when I was third grade um second grade even probably fourth grade I didn't have control of a radio I mean mm -hmm. it was kind of we'd hear it in the car for the most part and or through our home intercom system that had a built-in radio but my parents had control of really they were those choosing stations. yeah yeah so um 
Smoking in the Boys Room was not a song I would have heard at home um, on the radio, but that's one of my favorites off of a K-Tel album. still remember just about all the words to. Oh my god. That's and that hilarious. was not something I would have heard on any station that I probably was listening to. So you got exposed. You mm-hmm. might have bought it for mm-hmm. um whatever. I might have bought it for Linda Ronstadt singing something, but I get smoking in the boys' room as this added mm-hmm. bonus. Yeah. And then I feel a little naughty too. There were lots <laughs> of levels of of joy that came with a KTEL album, the discovery, and then a oh, smoking in the boys' room, and we're not allowed to smoke in school. So it's expanding your your taste. It's exposing you mm-hmm. to new bands that you wouldn't have chosen otherwise, which is what people often say about Spotify. Spotify allows you to listen to bands that you wouldn't normally pick on your own because Spotify feeds them to you. Mm-hmm. So, like we've said, mentioned before, Kristen has quite a collection of mm-hmm. KTEL albums. Um, so Kristen, tell us when you started collecting them and maybe more importantly, I think maybe you just kind of did tell us why, right? Well, there are lots of reasons why, but, um, I started, I got a, I got a turntable for my 39th birthday and it was just a hand-me-down from my dad, something that it was a little portable Crosley. It was, this was before all the cool kids were listening to vinyl again. So didn't have a Mickey Mouse um, finger. God, I wish I had my Mickey Mouse record player. Oh my God. Um, so my dad gifted me this hand-me-down Crosley portable turntable. And I went to my parents' house to dig through boxes in the basement to see if I could find some of my old albums. And there just, there wasn't that much because there comes a time when your mom calls you in your dorm room and she says, I'm having a garage sale. Do you want me to get rid of all the stuff in your closet? And you say, yes. Because you're embarrassed by what you liked when you were a kid. Because you're a big, fancy college student now. You're way beyond that. You're so beyond that. And you're sort of embarrassed by the strong feelings that you may have had for Sean Cassidy or Andy Gibb. Because now you know it's wackadoo to be in love with somebody (laughs) who you've never met before. But what you don't know at that time is that all of those things were a very normal part of growing up. And someday you're going to look upon those things fondly. You don't know that then. So when I go to pick up my records, there are just a handful of them. And there's only one KTEL album. And that day I started trolling record stores for others, for more KTEL. Okay, so why do I collect them? Well, it's kind of the same reason that I'm here with you guys doing a podcast about Gen X pop culture. <laughs> because I'm sort of obsessed with the cultural things that belong to and defined a generation, especially the ones that, that emerged when we were coming of age, coming of age of just being a fancy word for like developing or pubescent, really. Are we more affected by the things that we experienced when we were coming of age? I kind of think so. And I'm fascinated by that. Um, so that's one reason that I like to collect things like this. But also this is kind of my sweet spot for music. This is the music that I would go to over any other era before or since. I really do prefer it. It's not just that I'm being nostalgic. I really do love this music. Well, I have been to your house, Kristen, and so I know that you um, have a nice little collection. Can Mm -hmm. you share which ones you have? Okay. I'm going to pick up my stack. I have have 18 so far, and I'm just going to read you the titles quick. I have Spotlight, Wings of Sound, Rock 80, Blockbuster, Mindbender, 
Dimensions, Disco Fire, The Hot Ones, Pure Power, Music Magic, High Energy, Music Machine, Starburst, uh, Gold Rush 79, Disco Super Hits, as seen on TV, Hit Explosion, California Sun, and Circuit Breaker. That's what I've got. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Now, I think I said there were 137 vinyl albums made. Are you So I've hoping... got a ways to go. Okay. No, I don't want all of them. Here's the yeah. thing is that I'm not a numbers person per se. I, um, I'm really a content person. So there are KTL albums that I've passed on because, honestly, I'm not going to listen to the 25 greatest polka hits of all time. I'm also mm -hmm. not going to listen to the 25 greatest... Um, country hits of all time i'm probably not going to listen to the goofy songs either so i really am looking for the ones that i would truly mm -hmm. listen to so that narrows it down a little bit that's what i was going to ask you how often do you listen to these do you put one of these on the turntable um my routine is kind of sunday morning sunday morning when nobody is nobody else is up um because I listen to records not as background music, which is the way that we kind of do it nowadays. We turn on music in the house while we're eating or making dinner. or And that's kind of how I listen to the radio. But when I listen to records, I sit down. It's like an activity for me. And so when I put on a KTEL album, I will look at the album cover and I will um, read the liner notes and I'll look up some stuff about it. Sometimes I'll just stare out the window and you know, let it swirl What's around. What's that? Seriously, you guys got to start what? looking out the window. It's awesome. What? I am highly in favor of looking out the window. It's a new, it's started in the pandemic and I've gotten really good at it. Well, you have a nice view. I do have a really yeah, good view. I do. Uh, okay, so let's talk favorites. Um, okay. What were your favorite KTEL albums? And here's a question. Like, what were they back, you know, when you were a kid? And are they or would they be the same today? Carolyn, do you want to take one? Do you want to do this? Well, one? Um, I will take really there's one that sticks out in my mind that I when I looked again at the play or the list of songs, I was like, yes, this kind of defines um, my KTEL experience. And that would be the album, which I don't think I heard you say Music Power. This came I don't out have in music the, power. 1974. Well, we're going to have to find it because yeah. it is full of hits. 22 original ones, actually. Five 22 original, original hits. That's right. We <laughs> had, that. of course, the classic, which I just mentioned, Smoking in the Boys' Room. And then right after that came one of my next other favorites, Spiders and Snakes by Jim Stafford. Do you oh remember Spiders and Snakes? No, I don't remember that one. I don't like spiders and snakes. And that ain't what it takes to love me. Like I want to be loved by you. That's another classic. And one of my other favorites that I only heard on this album, Little Willie. Do you remember Little Willie? <gasps> na, na, Little na, na, Willie, na, na, Willie na, na, won't go home. <laughs> To me, are KTEL, and they are all on this album. Music Power, 22 original hits, original artists. Go get it. The psychedelic <laughs> fun cover. We're going to find it. I'm going to get it for Kristen and listen to it on Sunday morning at our house, staring out the window. Staring out the window. There you go. <laughs> there you go.
So I have two favorites that I'm going to share with you today. The first one is Wings of Sound. I have show and tell. I'm showing Wings of Ooh. Sound. This is from 1979. And the reason I like Wings of Sound is because it really does have the biggest collection of true favorites of mine. There are mm -hmm. records that have a lot of really good songs that I really like. But this one, they're all favorites. They're really top of the list. Um, hits including Rock With You by Michael Jackson. that song was offered to Karen Carpenter first and no. she turned it down I it was, can't what? even hear her singing that song. I know isn't that crazy what I'm mm -hmm. guessing is that this was going to be Karen Carpenter's disco offering to the world also ladies night by cool and the gang which I love oh my god mm -hmm. I love that song dreaming by blondie cruel to be kind by Nick Lowe love and touch and squeezing by journey gold by John Stewart Lonesome Loser by the Little Little River Band. This is it by Kenny Loggins. Okay, I think I, I think I told you guys this. This is it by Kenny Loggins was the song that finally made me cry when my son graduated from high school, which was just a couple of weeks ago, and it was kind of an uneventful thing because he hasn't been in school all year. Mm -hmm. He really didn't get a senior year, and that took away a lot of the sentimentality of the event, which was fine. That was I don't need to be overly emotional at this moment in time, but I'm driving in the car. Kenny Loggins comes on and he sings, this is it. Make no mistake where you are. The waiting is over. No way to hide. No time for wondering why. It's here. The moment is now. You're about to decide. But keep me near in your heart. Oh, my God, I'm going to cry. No, whatever you do, I'm here by your side. Keep me near in your heart. Start to cry. <laughs> oh. Songs like that around graduation. I know, so. <laughs> right? Thank you, Kenny Loggins. I know. I love you, but I hate you. Yeah. Oh. And then we have side two. <laughs> side two was the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes. Please don't go by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Chikatita by Abba. Gotta serve somebody. Bob Dylan. Did you know Bob Dylan had a hit in 1979? Come to me. Come to me by Franz Jolie. Driver's Seat, Sniffing the Tears. That's probably one of those that they put on because nobody knew it. Yeah. Although I feel like it's a hit because I listen to this record all the time. <laughs> and Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, which was Michael Jackson's very first hit off of his very first solo album, meaning this is the song that launched him as the king of pop. It's also... One of um, my most memorable moments from my wedding when I taught the entire dance floor how to do the bus stop to Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. I bet you had a really fun yeah, wedding. Yeah, oh, yeah. I want to go to your wedding. It was, I was like, come on, people, time for the bus stop. It was super <sighs> fun. Okay, my second favorite is called Rock 80. This actually belongs to my brother. It's from 1980, obviously. Um, so it belongs to my brother. I gave it to him for Christmas. I think he was in third grade. And Rock 80 was a sign that things were changing. There isn't a single disco track on this album. And it felt like the world was shifting underneath my feet. Like the month before, every KTEL album was disco. The next month, it was Rock 80, and it was on. But it's not like you had just two choices, right? It wasn't just you had disco albums and rock and roll albums. This was something altogether different. This was the precursor to New Wave. 
and I liked it. It was really good. It includes songs like Cars by Gary Newman. The video for which includes exactly zero cars, which always cracked <laughs> me up. Brass and Pocket by The Pretenders. Oh, I love that song. I know. Again, Driver's Seat by Sniffin' the Tears. They sneak that one on again. Cruel to Be Kind, again by Nick Lowe. Is she really going out with him? With Joe him. Jackson. Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar. Call Me by Blondie. Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio by The Ramones. My Sharona by The Knack. was the true death knell for disco. When My Sharona came out, I was like, it's over. There's no more disco. <laughs> I Want You to Want Me by Cheap Trick. Hold On by Ian Gum. One Way or Another. Ooh, Ian, Ian Gum? Gum. I know. I don't know who that is no, either. I don't know. Okay. But I can, I can sing the song for you. Uh, One Way or Another by Blondie, which um, is about Debbie Harry's experience with a stalker. One way or another, I'm Ooh. gonna get you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you. One way or another, I'm gonna win ya. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you. One way or another. Now that I know that, that's really dark, right? A little dark. Um, yeah. We Live for Love by Pat Benatar and Pop Music by M. Pop, pop, pop music. Which I did was a originally... dance to that in fifth grade and ninth. Did you? Yeah. We were oh called the pop-ups. Mm -hmm. New York, London, Paris, Munich. Everybody talk about pop music. Talk about. So I don't have a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the reason that is, you guys, is because I'll be really honest. Um, I don't think I wasn't really into music. I mean, I liked music, but it was more what was playing on the radio or my mom's record albums that mm -hmm. were playing. I liked um, I liked like show tunes. I liked Broadway musical albums that my mom had that I would, you know, listen to and I would perform in my room. But Obviously, I liked all the, you know, the Andy Gibb and the Sean Cassidy's and stuff like that, but I didn't really get into music that much. So I think my problem with KTEL was one of the things you guys loved about it was that I would look at this compilation and I would say, well, there's only like four songs on here that I know and like. And instead of thinking, well, hey, Michelle, let's expand your horizons and why don't you listen to a little Alice Cooper? I was like, oh, no, no, thank you. I'm going to buy like this. And all yeah. I want mm -hmm. is... But all I want is four songs on this album. So I was happy to just then go buy Andy Gibbs' album or, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't even really remember. We had a lot of 45s. And if you listen to the, or if you guys remember the conversation, or if you listen to the conversation way back at Christmas, you guys remember when I really wanted that Donnie and Marie album and I got yeah. Debbie Boone? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So these are the types of albums that I'm listening to in my room. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, you know, I've got my Donnie and Marie albums. I've got Debbie Boone. I remember the commercials, but I don't remember... I don't, I don't think I owned any KTEL, but to be honest with you, I don't think I wanted any. I do have a fun story about someone's favorite KTEL um, album. So Dave Grohl, you know, Foo Fighters and, and <gasps> Raise your hand fame. if Dave Grohl is your adult crush. Oh my God, why am I the only one with my hand in the air? <laughs> Are you guys not in love with, da no. with Dave Grohl? No. Oh, you you guys, him. everybody write in right now and tell these guys that Dave Grohl is your adult crush. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I'm coming down for that. Anyway, now. he has a really cute KTEL story. You guys want to hear it? Okay, yes, sure. please. 
The answer is yes. Wait, uh, I have okay, to so, stop. I'm so in love with him. I'm so in love okay. with him. Okay, I just had to get that out of my system. Go ahead. Oh my God. <laughs> I love him so much. Okay. <laughs> okay. So sorry. Just calm no, down. That's Kristen. Good. We just do won't have to cool fight over him. That's do you need right. something? You need a cool yes, bag. Okay. I do. I need a cool bag. Uh, so the nineteen seventy-six KTEL album called Blockbuster is the first album he remembers buying. But here's something that I think is a really cute, a really cute part. He remembers it as being called 20 original hits. You know, because under the oh. word blockbuster, <laughs> it says 20 original hits, 20 original stars. So I'm only assuming that's what he means. I was reading an interview and he says the first KTEL album I owned was called 20 original hits. But then later they, they say it's the one called Because they have that but... on all the albums. It says right, 20 right. original hits, 20 original artists on I just thought that was albums. really cute because that's what stuck cute with him. But anyway. Dave. so See, everything he says Dave, is cute. I, he's darling. <laughs> So little Dave, think how cute he was as a little boy. Oh, so little Dave, so his mother was a public school teacher, and they they loved to listen to the radio. Obviously, musical family. Uh, they loved to listen to the radio in his house. However, on a public school teacher's salary, they couldn't afford a turntable. So one weekend, his mom brought home the turntable from school. You guys remember those? Can't you still like picture oh, them? Oh, sure. And yeah. they're on the cart. A, they're on a cart. Yeah, like a beige, a mm -hmm. big beige, yes. you know, yep. um, box. And somebody had to go um, to the media center to get it. Yeah. They were really heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, but they didn't have an album to play on it. So they went out to the record store in the little strip mall near his house. And he and his sister couldn't agree on one, just one album. So they found the KTEL album and they got that <gasps> one because it had both Casey and the Sunshine Band and oh, Alice Cooper brilliant. on it. And oh my God! Yeah. So they it's brought the brother sister album. So that's another great reason I think. Mm -hmm. I think that that probably solved a lot of fights and arguments for yep. s siblings who might, you know, the parents might say, "Well, here's five dollars. You guys can buy one album to share." Yep. So little they Dave bought it and because big Casey and the Sunshine Band for Dave's sister, Alice Cooper for Dave. But here's what's interesting: after listening to it repeatedly. It was the song Frankenstein by Edgar Winter Group that blew his mind and changed his life. And he remembers thinking, this, this is music. And oh, wow. that album, you guys, Blockbuster, became his most prized possession. And every weekend, when his mom would bring that little record player home, he'd be in his room, Frankenstein blaring. And he says oh, that that's what started his love affair with music. So thank you, wow. KTEL. Thank you, Frankenstein. Thank you, Edgar Winter Group, right? Yes. Think about that. Without Blockbuster, without KTEL, there'd be no Nirvana. I mean, basically, that's what I think he's saying. I mean, maybe yes. he would say, but he says that's what started his love affair with music. Do you know we have KTEL to thank for the Hooked On Classics? Um, album. Really? No, we don't. Yes, we do. I do like the Hooked on Classics. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, we do. So thank you, KTEL, for that. Early 80s. The Royal Philharmonic, along with, um, now I forget who the conductor was, but I went back and listened to some. And so it's the songs, but then they put in like a little like a disco, disco beat, beat yeah. to it. My dad was horrified. Oh, and I'm yeah, like, I but dad, all the kids are listening to classical music <laughs> yeah. now. Hooked on classics. Mm -hmm. uh, why not? See, I th I'm all for stuff like that. Well, I wanted to share quickly, and I'm sorry to say, Kristen, that your albums, as well as Dave Grohl's, did not make the KTEL scale rankings top 10. 
So I found this blog. I don't know if you came across it at all, but um, a blog called Herc's K-Tel Albums. And Herc, the author of the blog, came up with a proprietary formula so that they could rank the K-Tel Albums. And this was how they came up with it. The formula was based on peak chart positions of songs across the top 40 spots on up to eight singles charts. So uh, they looked at the pop charts, the R&B, rock, country, disco dance, adult contemporary, cash box. And through the summer of 1981, the author also um, used the radio station WLS weekly music surveys. Okay, this is an outstanding project. I mean... Think about this. So basically, he's saying which albums have the most hits. Exactly. True Um, hits. Which one's charted the toppest? Exactly. The most toppest. Yeah, let's say the toppest. I like that The most top hits? Exactly. According to those um, singles charts, those eight singles charts, the highest score that an album could receive was a 43. So the highest scoring (laughs) KTEL album on Herc's scale was Music Machine from 1977 with a 37.63. We've got Don't Give Up On Us by David Soul. I just want to be your everything. Oh, I like this why. Kristen mm-hmm. bought it. Mm-hmm. Yep, Goodbye, sure. Yellow Brick Road. Those oh, are just three friends. of them. Yes. But I mean, that was... I'm three for three already. I'm three for three, one. too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there And there had to be more because What's it this did one called? Score. Music, Music Machine, Machine, Michelle. Just come to my house and you can listen to it. Okay, Music Express, which was the number two. Correct. They're all over the internet. You can find people pining away for Music Express in particular. It's crazy. It's like that's the number one wanted KTEL album out there. Just ask my friend Amy. My friend Amy, who chose to pose for a picture with Music Express instead of an album of her first true love, Donny Osmond, during a first crush party. Everybody's grabbing an album of their first crush to pose for a picture, and Amy's like, please, please, may I please pose with Music Express? Please. It was, you could just see the look on her face. She was in love with Music Express. Okay, so I think this says it perfectly. This is from an article in Forbes magazine called KTEL Records, the Spotify of the 1970s. He says, Perhaps my favorite KTEL record was 1975's Music Express, an almost unimaginable mix of hits and unknowns, from Love Will Keep Us Together to a song about Muhammad Ali. There was a little of everything. Chevy Van, Get Down Tonight, and the most bizarre song of my childhood, Run Joey Run, a tale of teenage pregnancy and death that would leave Nancy Grace at a loss for words. (laughs) But it was 10 cc's I'm Not In Love that left me reeling, filled with a melancholy I had no precedence nor background for to have it all make sense. I just knew that this was a love song unlike any I'd ever heard, and I needed to hear more like that. No wonder Amy was in love with Music Express. Right. Even more than Donnie. Well, it left that, it had that kind of gut punch to you. I mean, you just felt those songs. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, Kristen, I want to know, you have so many mm-hmm. of those albums. 
Is there any one particular one that you really want but don't have? Yes. And it I need to I need to preface this by saying that I don't collect online. I just go to record stores. Mm-hmm. For some reason that just seems like going online feels like cheating. It feels like you have to go to a store and find it in order mm-hmm. for it to be a real experience. So the one that I'm really pining for is Hot Nights and City Lights. The Village People had a superstar lineup on KTEL's Hot Nights and City Lights, a fantastic new disco collection featuring Anita Ward, Evelyn Champagne King, Blondie, and Amy Stewart, Gloria Gator, Instant Funk, and the Jacksons, Sister Slay, and City Lights, one of the headliners from KTEL, available at participating stores. This was in constant rotation after I moved and switched schools, and I didn't have any friends yet, and I couldn't really find anyone like me, which was nerdy and bookish. I couldn't find a lot of nerdy, bookish people. And I just sort of hid out in my room, and I surrounded myself with myself with familiar songs. Because just like TV shows and Andy Gibb, music travels. You bring mm-hmm. it with you. And it goes with you when everything else around you is unfamiliar. So maybe this is why I also recorded the top ten songs in a special notebook. I don't know, but maybe it is. But Hot Nights and City Lights is the reason. It's actually the reason that I started collecting KTEL albums, because this was missing when I went to my parents' house to get the albums from the basement for my new turntable when I turned 39. And my mom insisted that I told her to sell it, which I'm sure, I'm sure that I did. I'm sure she's right. But there was this big album-shaped hole in my heart, and I needed to replace it. So it's very ironic that after all this time, that's the reason I started collecting, and that's the one I still don't have. You know what I think is going to happen? One of my favorite rom-coms is the movie Serendipity. And what I think is going to happen with John Cusack and Kate Mm -hmm. Beckinsale, what I think is going to happen is you're going to one day be in some random city and you're going to walk into an old record store and you're going to flip through and you're not only going to find Hot Nights and City Lights, but you're going to see your name like written on the bottom of it. Oh God, you just gave me goosebumps. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's going to be my I'm going to start looking too. I'm going to start like, okay, I know you have to walk in and find it, but if I found it or Carolyn found it. That counts. Does that count? Yes, it does. But what if it's yours? Serendipity. Absolutely. My record is out there. It had never occurred to me that my record is in somebody's collection Mm -hmm. right now. I wonder if your name is on it. I'm we sure always it is. write our names at the top of our, yes. you know, records. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. Oh my gosh, I am on a quest now. <gasps> Me too. This is exciting. Well, I thought it would be fun to create our own KTEL-esque album, reflecting maybe a certain point in our lives or um, certain songs that we liked. And so I came up with an album, and it's called Moving and Groovin'. <laughs> and Moving and Groovin' will be um, hits from 1978 because that is the year that I moved and also oh. was um, a year that I started taking disco lessons. That was oh a God, way my I mom so felt like I could oh my God. help um, make new friends when I moved to New Jersey. You had some sweet, sweet moves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go impress them with your moves. You, you'll have to see me one day with my moves. <laughs> I can't wait. I think we've talked about the few that I could do, which are very few. And there were no boys in the class, only girls. So you had to like learn at the point, like the guys part, but there were no guys. And I was always the guy because I was tall, but we digress. Okay. 
So moving and grooving. You could be moved to tears by some of these songs as I was moving on up to New Jersey from Texas. Um, but here would be the uh, songs that would be on my album. And they evoke different feelings in me, whether it's um, a feeling to head to the dance floor or to bury my face in my pillow in tears because I was so sad. Mm. So on side A, I'm just going to read the titles. You Needed Me, Goodbye Girl, If I Can't Have You, Baby Come Back, You Light Up My Life, Always and Forever, How Deep Is Your Love, and Hopelessly Devoted to You. Oh, that's Let's a good over. Album. And on side B, oh. we've got Disco Inferno, Hey Dini, Grease, I Love the Nightlife, You're the One That I Want, We Are the Champions, Can't Smile Without You, and Here You Come Again. Oh, I'm clapping. I love it. Again. I'm clapping. I think Just we should make this I'm playlist on, on Spotify. Totally. I'll, I'll listen yes. to it. Oh, we totally are. We're okay. doing that. That's moving and grooving. I love it. <laughs> By K-Tel. <laughs> okay, so mine um, is called Smooth Moves and Boppin' Grooves. Ooh. And this is 20 songs for loving, leaving, and going loco from 1975 <laughs> to 1982. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Something for everyone. We have. Uh, so this is a song pretty much for everything. Every mood. I have End of the Night. I Like Dreamin'. How Deep Is Your Love? I Just Fall in Love Again. Anne Murray. Sometimes When We Touch. Cool Change. The One That You Love. I'd love me some air supply, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Just Want to Be Your Everything. Dancing Queen. The Best of Times. Jesse's Girl. September. You Take My Breath Away. Babe. Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Word. Hard to say I'm sorry. Tainted love. Open arms. Get down on it. And somebody's baby. Oh, that's Little awesome. fast times nod there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. must be somebody's baby. My KTEL album is called Bicentennial Eruption. <laughs> We're exploding with patriotism. <laughs> and of course, it's from 1976. <laughs> So the hits on my 1976 Bicentennial album are The Year of the Cat by Al Stewart, Devil Woman by Cliff Richard, Nights on Broadway by The Bee Gees, S.O.S. by ABBA, Dreamweaver by Gary Wright, Afternoon Delight by Starland Vocal Band, um, Get Right Back Where We Started From by Maxine Nightingale, It's All Right and We're Coming Home, home. We're Gonna gonna Get get Right right Back to Where We Started started from. from. Love is good. Love it. 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 Love Mahogany by Diana Ross. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure I've told you this story before. My dad is a musician. He used to sing at a lot of weddings. And the strangest, he got asked to sing a lot of really strange songs. The strangest was Mahogany because he starts (laughs) the ceremony by saying, do you know (laughs) where you're going to? Just think about it, kids. Just think before you take this big leap. Um, oh, What a Night, December 1963 by Frankie Valli. Silly Love Songs by Paul McCartney and Wings. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover by Paul Simon. Um, Convoy by C.W. Oh, yeah. McCall. <laughs> Island Girl by Elton John. Um, the Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. And The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Ooh. Gordon Lightfoot. 
Happy bicentennial, you guys. These are all great, yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. I should tell you that along with my Debbie Boone's and my Donia Osmond's, I had a lot of Captain and Tennille albums. Of course you did. I'm like I a little eight-year-old well. girl, oh. but I loved Captain and Tennille. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I did too. <laughs> and her Tony Tennille haircut. I just sort of feel like I had the musical taste of like a 40-year-old woman. <laughs> it was like eight. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, no, I think that's Nothing good. That. Well, I think KTEL qualifies as one of those cultural touchstones that defines a generation. This is the thing that I'm always talking about, right? I'm obsessed with it. Not only was it the music of a generation, it was on vinyl, which is the medium of a generation, sold to us by commercials that are immediately identifiable by a generation, and packaged in a singular, recognizable, hyperbolic style that really I haven't seen since. So if all your KTEL albums were sold at your mom's garage sale, I'm certain that one of your Gen X age mates has created a Spotify playlist for each and every one of them. Just search for Circuit Breaker or Full Tilt or Hot Nights and City Lights. It's got to be there. Somebody is a fan just like you are. Thanks for listening today, and we'll look forward to being with you again next week. Yes, and join us next time when we will be preserving Rex Smith's magnum opus, the made-for-TV movie known as Sooner or Later. And if you had any KTEL albums that you loved or remember, follow us on social media and let us know in the comments. And wherever you listen, make sure to subscribe. You guys, it's free. It does not mean episodes will be downloaded onto your phone. It's just a way for the people in charge to know and for people like us to get heard. Um, and rate, review, share with a friend, all the things, please. please. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast. Straight from the apartment of Jack Tripper, Janet Wood, and Chrissy Snow, to good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song.